I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Serie A cannot get more exciting these days as the race for Scudetto continues to heat up and as more great storylines continue to surface, we have a brand new weekly show here on Keolasso. Welcome to Calcio Corner live. Ciao a tutti e benvenuti at Calcio Corner. I'll be joined by the always awesome Christine Cupo right next to me and a plethora of Paramount Plus talent to break it all down every Thursday live at 3 p.m. Eastern. And we want your comments. We want your questions. Who will win the title race? Can an Italian team also conquer Europe? Will Poppy Miller be allowed to, to enter Italy again after she ordered latte in the afternoon? This and much more. All the Serie A goodness right here. So sit back, relax as we kick off La Dolce Vita. Que golazo style. Culture Corner begins right now. All right, everybody. Welcome to Kego Lasso and Coucher Corner. Christine Cooper, how are you? I am amazing. I'm hyped. I'm ready to go. Uh, Coucher Corner, full effect. I love it. I love it. I'm so happy that we're doing something together as well weekly. How how do you feel about that, Christine? I'm excited. I'm excited. (laughs) I just don't think that you're fully prepared for how much coffee I actually drink. Uh, I'm going to try and get it. We're, we're both New Yorkers as well, so we can we can get used to it. it. It's fine. But welcome, everybody, to Couch or Corner. What is Couch or Corner, you say? Well, it's a live, interactive show dedicated to Serie A and Italian football. That's it. With a cast of familiar faces, of course, Paramount Plus and CBS Sports, the home of Serie A. So we'll have all the rotating casts, and each episode will have a feast of fiery opinions, fantastic insight, and overly dramatic hand gestures every single time. Christine, what are you looking forward to the most? Do you think? Do you think that is it the guests? Is it maybe that because we need comments in this show a lot of we do, we do, we need we need some interaction. Um, I'm looking forward to connecting better with some of the Calcio fans in the U.S. and abroad. Um, I feel like this is a really good way to bridge the gaps between uh, Paramount Plus um, broadcasts and everyone else that follows the sport. Um, and, of course, you can always pop in and get your um, free trial for seven days if you haven't done that yet. Get that um, bonus, Christine. Get that bonus. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, I think uh, I think it's, at least for me, being Italian-American, and obviously there's – a massive global audience for Serie A, um, as well as just Italian football in general, um, being sort of a Rosetta Stone and, you know, sort of contributing what cultures we've sort of taken on in the U.S. and managed to sort of keep alive and stoke the fires um, and stay on that equal level with our um, Italian counterparts who are equally fiery. Absolutely correct. And this is why we have Calcio Corner, to celebrate the Italian game on Que Golazo Serie A, the national team, and everything in between. And we'll have Paramount Plus talent throughout it all. If you have a comment or a question for Christine or our guests, please send them. Our producer, Dirk Norris, will put them up. Christine will read them out. I'll read them out. We want all the engagement, so please keep them coming. All right. Well, it's the debut show 
of Coucher Corner. We had to go big, Christine. We couldn't just get just anybody. We had to go big. Uh, so after our first, second, and third options went out of the window, we had to just settle. <laughs> <laughs> Matteo Bonetti. Oh, look at that. He's so smooth, even in a hoodie. How are you, Matteo? I'm good. By the way, I had no choice but to accept this after <laughs> options number one, two, and three backed out at the last moment. But you added another few zeros to the end of the contract, and I thought, you know what? I'll do it for my friend Luis. By the way, Luis, that intro was amazing. You turned a shade of purple I've never seen in a human being. I just don't want you to have an adrenaline dump. I don't know if you know what that is. If you're an MMA fan, you know. But I just preserve that energy throughout. We need that same level of, of of intensity from you. And, and I know we'll get it, right? Because you bring that Latino flair that we love so much. Well, Italy, Peru, you just can't get better. And this is a Panaton-loving show right now. That's basically what it is. But Mattel, you know my wife, uh, Jen, and when it comes to adrenaline, sometimes she wants me to just keep it down. Uh, but Mattel, welcome uh, joining Christine and yours truly here. Um, the first thing I want to tell everybody, by the way, is if you have a question for Matteo, please uh, send him along. He is here and uh, he's ready to discuss everything. The first thing, ah, ciao, Bonet. See, already you're getting from a Juventus <laughs> fan, from a Juventus <laughs> fan, Christine. You're going to get your Juventus crew, Christine, I think, don't you think? I, I think they, they might find their way here. It's fine. <laughs> they could always come visit. We'll keep on building. All right, let's first begin, obviously, with Coppa Italia, as those were the midweek matches. Um, let's begin with uh, the Milan derby, Christine. Uh, it wasn't the most exciting, uh, no, but no. I didn't really expect it to be like the other one was. Uh, resilient, I guess we can call it. What do you make of it? Um, it was it was a nil-nil draw. It, it was what it was, right? I mean, it wasn't the worst. Let's put it that way. Okay, I've definitely watched a lot of scoreless games where I probably should have taken a nap, but I don't like myself enough to have done that. Um, it was sort of exciting in moments. I just think that um, it's what you'd expect from two formidable teams that are just going to kind of stall on each other. Um, I don't know. Mateo? I, don't, I honestly don't have any comments about uh, Nita and Nita. I, I don't even remember what happened, and that was the one who commentated the game for you were there. 90 minutes. You were there. There's no redeeming issues that we came out of it even on the post show you know it wasn't one of those games where you're just dying to to get into the studio like the game that followed up between Fiorentina and Juventus and I have a lot of thoughts still and the the thoughts there's new thoughts every single day there's things that I want to say now that I wasn't able to say yesterday on the Paramount show but for Milan and Inter these are two teams that right now are maybe living the worst moment especially Inter that they've had all season long. And I think the weakness of Inter has been exposed, right? This is kind of the overarching theme that I feel like I've started to learn in the last few weeks. Inter strikers, the consistency or lack thereof after Romelu Lukaku leaves, Dzeko and uh, Lautaro, Lautaro, two guys that hills and valleys, you don't know, Dzeko, 26 goals or 12 or nine. Mm -hmm. Lautaro Martinez, five uh, match days in a row, he scores and then he doesn't score for three months in a row. When everyone else in the team is scoring, it kind of masks that there is that weakness. But when you're in the biggest games, when you're in the Champions League and you need one of your strikers to show up in that moment, like in the Liverpool game, that's the biggest worry that I have for Inter. Yeah. Uh, Christine, what do you think? There was a comment there about uh, every time Milan plays, they play the refs. Uh, <laughs> what do you I think? Have a really, I have a really hard time because, I mean, as a Juve supporter, I feel like oftentimes there are these 
arguments about referees, et cetera. And I, mm. I try not to, because quite frankly, like the cards fall as they lay, right? Like the refs do the best to their ability. And yes, sometimes you're going to feel robbed, but um, I don't know. I don't, I try not to engage too much with the refereeing considering as a player, most of the time I just try to say that I'm not fouling somebody. Yeah, no, fair enough. What do I know? (laughs) (laughs) Well, drearily enough, you know, to the point about that game, you know, it was even in a dreary perspective. uh, Milan had a few more shots, uh, similar shots on target. The possession was relatively similar. Matteo, what do you expect in the second leg then? Do you think more of the same and it just drowns out or do do you expect something else? Honestly, I can't expect anything when we've seen in Serie A uh, Inter dominate the first 45 minutes. And then Mm. in the second half, one change, which was taking out Frank Kessie for Brahim Diaz, completely turns the game over. Giroud scores a brace, even though he's in his mid-30s. Pioli's respect. One thing actually stood out in this game. Is is it Ruud Hullet that's playing for Inter or is it Marcelo Brozovic? Because the respect... That Stefano Pioli gives Brozovic. And I think Brozovic is one of the best in Italy in his position, maybe the best. But he changes his lineup to put in a destroyer as an attacking midfielder just to negate Marcelo Brozovic. He puts in a guy in Rade Krunic who cannot play football with his feet just to press and blanket Brozovic throughout the course of the game. I find that fascinating. I find that as the ultimate sign of respect from Pioli for Brozovic, knowing, right, if I take out that guy, Inter cannot play the way that they Mm. want to. It's also kind of tragic, though, too, right? Given how formidable they've been, I think that maybe we're starting to see, and perhaps I enjoy this, um, inter-slipping a bit. Um, maybe maybe they're not as strong as, I mean, I gave them, maybe I give them too much credit in the beginning of the season. I would like to think that. Well, did well, you give them credit in the beginning of the season or midway through? Because last summer, maybe August, September, I don't remember anyone really picking Inter as the Scudetto favorites. I think we were all pretty much clueless about who was the the front runner the leader i thought it was going to be juventus i'll be honest yeah no especially because of the takeover of management you just didn't know what you were going to expect of course uh go ahead cc sorry to jump no that's okay um i think that uh for a little while i thought hey maybe there could be a repeat and then i also sort of started to tap napoli on the shoulder because i i think i might have actually jinxed them because <laughs> they were doing so well. And then I said, you know, Napoli could win this. And all of the Napoli fans came out on Twitter to tell me that I need to be quiet because they started losing right after I said <laughs> Well, we're going to get into it because obviously Napoli and Milan face each other and said, yeah, but Matteo, there was a question about, um, you know, the, the challenge from Skriniar on Giroud, on Olivia Giroud. Uh, did you have any comment on that one? Yeah, so um, the Italian media and the Gazzetta, especially that reviews these calls, they called it a borderline penalty incident. That was the view of the Italian media. The Gazzetta says that it was very close to a clear penalty, and they suggested that it was not given because of Giroud's theatrical fall to the ground. Now, I always find it difficult to assess a player six foot four. Right. This reminds me almost like Shaquille O'Neal, the treatment that he got, right? Where you can knock him a bit harder because he's such a big guy. Giroud, six foot four. You can really go into him. He's not going to fall over like Brahim, like a, a feather fell on him. He's, you know, it, it takes it takes a lot to get Giroud to the ground. So maybe that's what the referee was thinking is, hey, this is such a big guy. He shouldn't have gone down to the ground that easy. See, I, I'm big, but I also go down to the ground easily every time. So for me, it was very hard to call 
any fouls on me as a referee. It's, I was also, always it's height, weight, mass, uh, also balance as well, right? Zero but balance yeah. and strength. That you are a tall guy, though, dude. You are a tall guy. That's right. Uh, what, what, did you <laughs> would you make anything of that challenge? Because sometimes I feel that it's unfair that bigger players are being, you know, judged differently when it comes to a challenge. I guess just because they're big within themselves. To your Shaquille O'Neal point, that was to you, season. Oh, for me? Yeah. I mean, like I. I'm a shorter person. My center of gravity is lower. I'm, I'm less likely to go over. It's true. I take down big dudes. Um, I, I don't, I think maybe sometimes that perception would be important because mm -hmm. you do have to take in, into consideration that, you know, if I go five foot four me, or, I mean, yeah, there are Italian male players that are my height and slightly taller. Um, they're going to go flying. Um, if Giroux even slightly next them. So yeah. I mean, yeah, it, it should be a consideration. I think that was a little bit hard, but I, I mean, yeah. Well, listen, let's do something fun here. And I'm asking everybody, call to action for everybody watching. Uh, just play a fun game here. Who's coming out through to the final? Milan or Inter? Matteo, what do you think? If I'm just quickly asking you, just, you know, you don't have to add too much context into it, but judging from the first leg, what do you think? I'm going to say it's uh, Inter on one side and Fiorentina on the other. Interesting. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Christine? No, flip that. <laughs> flip that. Well, yeah. AC Milan on the other side, and let's get to that second game. It was almost going to end nail-nail in this game, but there was an own goal in the mm -hmm. first minute after stoppage time, Christine Cooper. Obviously, a very happy Juventus fan here. What would you make of it? Uh, a beautiful cross by Quadrado. Um, As always. Unfortunate for Fiorentina. They they put up a good fight. Um I don't know. Uh, they really did. They played a decent game. It's just that Juve are not in peak form either. They've gotten almost an entire starting lineup worth of injuries, um, trying to figure out their way. Um, and then, of course, you know, it depends on <laughs> what what manager is showing up today for us. Like, is it going to be Dr. Jekyll or Mr. Hyde? Um uh, Allegri played as usual 3-5-2, which has been popping up, and he actually put Danilo in, in D. Um, but that was heavily cobbled together. DeShilio had some errors. Um, for what it's worth, I mean, all in, Juve and Fiorentina both had the same number of shots on goal. There's six. Oh, it's hold just on that. A what? Hold on a second. What? Don't you go there, Christine Cupo, with the what? same shots on time. That, that yeah, was Fiorentina, Fiorentina's Fiorentina, dangers, Fiorentina yeah. dominated the game. That was a, a terrible, dull performance by Juventus, and I'm not so. But I'm not surprised because they won being dull and 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 boring the last year that Allegri was in charge. That's why they stopped with this whole fino la fine. The only thing that matters is winning, and suddenly it became yeah, we want to win, but we also want to entertain. That didn't go well because it turns out you need to have the right players, and you actually have to have a, a midfield to play the kind of football that Saudi wanted. And once again, playing like a provincial, which, hey, I'm not saying anything wrong by that. Inter defended and played on the counterattack all last season with Lukaku, long ball or over the top, or as they say in Italian, palalunga pedalare, and it got them a scudetto. So it, Juventus can win trophies playing in this style. It works in right. Serie A. Allegri can win in this style. But as a, as a Juventus fan, Christine, at the end of the day, you watch this sport to also be entertained, right? Yes, I and do. There's nothing entertaining except the. And the, you just the got Dusan Vlaovic. Yeah, Come but on. that's the thing. Dusan Vlaovic so is like you have a Ferrari okay. 
and Allegri is in second gear going yeah. to speed limit in and a third. I, I will just, like, I will just support getting... one thing before before you go, Chris. Just one thing to support what, what Matteo was saying. Fiorentina had 22 shots, six on target. You need more possession. The fact that Juventus ends this game one nothing, which was an own goal, by the way, is right. kind of amazing. So yeah, absolutely, especially with a completely like in shambles defense. There's no mm. reason that uh, Fiorentina shouldn't have gotten the goal. Quite frankly, right? Okay, um, so you have that a... aside. I don't terrible. I don't. I wish I could disagree with Matteo. I don't. <laughs> um, I'm just a little bit more optimistic. But um, no, like they they aren't. They aren't great. They haven't been great in a minute. Um, we do have Vlaovic now, and he's not getting proper service. So that's certainly a problem. Um, midfield, <laughs> if there is one. Um, and Fiorentina just played smarter. It had Milinkovic and Igor on um, Vlaovic, making sure that he was consistently shut down. Like, it was smart. They played smart. They did. They played the better game. Um, unfortunately, the way that the game has been designed, own goals, still count as goals. So let me ask you yeah. this, Christine. If you mm -hmm. could swap Allegri for Vincenzo Italiano, would you do it? Yes. Okay. It just straight up. But but for the reason that Matteo was yeah, saying, so, because right. of the excitement like, I, of the football. I don't think, yeah, I, I could never take the credit away from Vincenzo Italiano. I do love his vision. I like the way that he wants football played. I personally, I, and I know this goes completely against the fact that I support Juve, I like aggressive, pressing, sexy football. Okay, yeah. like you can only go so far being a heavily defensive side. It gets boring. Does it win? Yes. Is it safe? Yes. Nobody wants safe. Nobody wants safe. Safe isn't fun. Safe isn't fun. I like that. Let's put that as a, a, a motto. So you have obviously <laughs> Juventus going through um, against AC Milan. You, I, I'm imagining, of course, Christine Cooper, you have Juventus winning this whole thing. Yeah, I think they'll do it again. Matteo? <laughs> no, I do. I don't even have you. I, I think Fiorentina, with the way that they played, they could have scored. I mean, Icone came so millimeters close yeah. to scoring on two occasions. Completely did what he wanted with Matteo De Chiglio. The one defender, by the way, Delict, he really, I thought, played a very good game. The biggest that. problem is the best midfielder on the pitch was once again not one wearing the Bianconeri colors. It was actually Lucas Torreira, all five at six of him for Fiorentina, actually getting to play in a system where he can press forward and there's so many quick passes. I think it's going to be Inter winning the whole competition. We still have a lot of football to go, and I'm not putting money on it. I can't, by the way. I'm not allowed to bet on these games, but if I was a betting man, I would not put money on it. Well, the second leg is in April, uh, you know, for that game specifically, April. Juventus at home to Fiorentina is April 21st. So like you said, there's a lot to be flayed. Call to action, everybody. What do you think? Who's What's your final in Coppa Italia? Who's winning this whole thing? Because some of you can't put money on it. So, you know, let, let me know. What what do you think? All right, let's, uh, let's move on here. We're going to take a break, by the way. When we come back, we're going to discuss uh, a little bit of uh, what Marco Messina has been up to, uh, by the way. My God, can you, you know, my goodness, what, what, what a great little uh, gift you get when you, when, you, when you get this job. Marzo, Marco, Italy. After the break, we'll do that and then we'll preview a really huge game, Napoli against Milan this weekend, Inter Salernitana, Roma, Atalanta, and much, much more. Calcio Corner, Matteo Bonetti, Christine Cupo. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. My man, Luis, I'm sorry that I can't be on the show tonight. I'm running around Florence. I'm uh, going crazy, doing lots of content. As you can see, my hair is a mess. It's a hint of what I was doing, but it's actually a surprise for the show. Uh, my man, thank you uh, for for uh, inviting me on. I'm sorry I could not be there. Um, I am, uh, I'm, in, I'm in Florence right now. Watch Fiorentina against Juventus. Unbelievable, crazy match. Felt bad for Fiorentina fans with the own goal at the end. Some of the most passionate fans I've ever seen in my entire life. Um, and uh, Saturday I leave for Naples. First time I ever go in there. Can't wait for the match. They tell me that Napoli fans are the, the greatest uh, down south. So I can't wait for the match against Milan. Scudetto implications are on the line. I can't wait for it. Um, again, next week, all right? Next week, hopefully, we can see each other and you can have some updates on, uh, on everything that I've done so far. All right, my man. I'll see you soon. I'm not, I, don't, I don't even know what to say. I'm so angry. He's just walking around Florence. Uh, I don't feel sorry for you. Get on this show, everybody. Jeez, Lou. It's nice to see the Ukrainian flags there, though. That was really nice to see the support. Um, that was Marco Messina, by the way, and he is in Italy this entire month. He's already been there. It's Marzo con Marco. He's already done Coppa Italia fixtures. He's going to see the national team and the qualifiers, of course. Some more Serie A. I mean, it's everywhere. He already beat Fabrizio Romano on FIFA, Matteo Bonetti. I, I really had my money on Fabrizio, but Marco won it. Yeah, I mean, Fabrizio does tweet uh, 24-7 and he's always on the phone <laughs> with agents. So I'm not sure when. He doesn't even sleep, so I don't know when he's got time to play. Yeah. Any football. He actually has a, a life, unlike me and Marco, who play in our spare time. So I'm not that surprised. But but guys, what a, what a bucket list after bu- – every week is a different bucket list. Like how many of us Italian-Americans have actually even been to a Serie A stadium? You know, it, I hadn't been since when I was six years old, since my parents moved from uh, Milan to Miami. The first time I went back was as a commentator. So, you know, not a lot of people get to do this. And we are doing exactly what we told all of you – when Paramount Plus got the right, saying we are going to do City out the right way, we are going to do it in a way that no one's ever done it before, and we put our money where our mouth is, all of us collectively. Not to mention, we kind of get to like get everybody else to choose their own Marco adventure because this poor man doesn't even know where we're sending him. On well, I heard it's maybe between. I heard maybe Salernitana's got a shot, Spezia's got a shot. I don't know if you guys know, but La Spezia, that region, has uh, Cinque Terre. There's so much beauty. You cannot go wrong. You cannot Listen, go I will, wrong. Any I will city slip you're you guys, insane. I will slip everyone a dollar to send them to like the worst stadium. <laughs> Just give me that. But, but even that. even the worst stadium, like it's you, still beautiful. The worst stadium is it the Bentegaldi? You're in Verona. You're in the yeah. city. Maybe you, you know, Poverino, you love, Verona, right? not Cinque Terre. <laughs> you you can't go wrong with this trip, basically. And to your point, Matteo Bonetti, uh, Paramount Plus and CBS Sports uh, really putting. 
their money where their mouth is with giving you so much, including, of course, all the coverage that you can get on Paramount Plus with Mateo, Dre Cordero, of course, Poppy Miller, Magrela, Marco Messina, and everybody else involved. And, of course, Kristen Cooper, uh, who is uh, a continuous part of not just social CBS Sports, but here at Kegolasso Culture Corner. All right, let's get going. Let's talk about it. Let's talk the weekend preview. Massive game. I'm wearing this because my cousin, my Peruvian cousin, is the South American official fat representative of Napoli. So she sent me this shirt with Maradona after Maradona's passing. So uh, that's why I'm doing it. Lo estoy haciendo por ti, Alegra. This is uh, the shirt that I'm wearing for Napoli. But look at this fixture list. I mean, I know that it's the Sunday game, 245 Eastern, but I want to begin there, uh, Matteo Bonetti. Napoli against Milan first against second. There's shades of the 87-88 season when Napoli and Milan were neck and neck all season. Milan would go on to end the decade-long Scudetto drought after winning 3-2 of the San Paolo with three games to go. That was Hule Maradona. I mean, you can't get better than that. I mean, clearly it's not quite the same, but still, Napoli against Milan. What do you expect, Matteo? For the first time in 2022, I'm actually changing my favor for the Scudetto. I am now going with Napoli. I think that that final second goal between Fabian Ruiz against Lazio last weekend has a huge part to play in it. But the biggest positive for Napoli, and, and the reason why I'm so bullish on them now, is they weathered the storm when they were missing their best defender, Koulibaly, their best midfielder, Fabian Ruiz, their best attacker, Victor Osimhen, for months after that a horrible facial fracture, orbital bone fracture in his face. He got COVID. He's been through all sorts, through the ringer. They're all back. The strongest Napoli 11 is back. Fabian is a game changer, one of the best midfielders in Italy. You could say he could become one of the better midfielders in Europe as well. And Milan are still a team that have had to tinker. They've had to deal without... Zlatan Ibrahimovic, Giroud's totally fine, but they still have a, a 40 and a 35-year-old as the two strikers. I think Rafael Leal is key in this game, especially with the way that Napoli's fullbacks like to get forward. Uh, that flank with Teo Hernandez making those runs, Rafael Leal is maybe the most dynamic, fun player in the league. That could really be uh, the way that Milan unlocked this Napoli team, but I'm, 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 I'm favoring Napoli in this one. I really am, and the Scudetto. Uh, let's see here. We got a question. Uh, I want Osman to prove to the world why he was so highly talked about. I think he's already wait. I don't understand. That. What is he proving? Because he's got yeah. eleven goals and four assists this season. Yeah, that's what I was saying, right? So, he's already been there, Christine, right? <laughs> um, help me help you. What, what, <laughs> what do we? What do we need? Like, what do we want him to do? do yeah, I think to... I think Guzman's point is that you know, uh, obviously, such an amazing, prolific striker. He 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 had an injury that he's just uh, rehabilitated himself from, couldn't go to AFCON, et cetera. But one of the best strikers in Serie A is about proving it, I guess, all the way through. Christine, what do you make of this game? I will start watching football altogether if Napoli win it. Wow, AJ. Wow. We do have okay. a fiery bunch. Um, I, I, I don't know. AJ, we won't might... miss you, AJ. Thanks. Thanks for coming. There's AJ, a lot of other be, sports. Like, you're not going to be having a good time. I don't know what to tell you. I know. Um, Christine, what do you think of this game? Napoli against Milan. It's a big one. First I, against second. And to Matteo's point, Napoli looking good. Yes. Napoli look amazing. Insigne seems to be doing the things that he needs to be doing. Fabian Ruiz, um, Merton, Zelensky. Like, I think things are things are good. Things are looking on the up and up for them. Um, I also think that Spalletti like manages to get the best out of people. And so I think that they, maybe it's just the case that, um, in the past he hasn't had the full squad to be able to do what he potentially could do here. 
Yeah. Um, but Napoli are well overdue. So I, I think that despite the fact that obviously always Juve, um, I would be pleased to see um, Napoli win the Scudetto. Matteo, do you think that them losing to Barcelona in the Europa League is going to help them? Just having a clearer focus now that Serie A is the, is, is the most important part. Yeah, it's a weird one. It's always like Italian teams don't truly take the Europa League that seriously. Or when they bow the bow out of the competition, the fans aren't that distraught, right? They talk the mm. whole season about, we want to get into European place. And then you do get into that European place. And it doesn't feel like they take it as seriously as I personally would like to. Because a trophy like the Europa League for a team like Napoli, you'd think that it would be something that fans would reference and remember for a long time. And I still think that Napoli if they do win a major trophy this season, obviously the Scudetto, it is something that will give this fan base more joy for a longer period of time than any other fan base in Italy. If Juventus win a Scudetto, it's like, okay, great, we'll do a parade in Turin, we'll take a few photos, we'll post a meme, fino alla fine, everyone's happy <laughs> It'll for be 20 days, minutes, and long. then you move on, and then you complain about something else. Napoli will celebrate Go the nuts. Scudetto yeah. Longer and harder than any other fan base in Italy. They haven't done this since 1990, and they still talk about those days. I mean, they still have the the mural of the guy who was key in that scudetto all over the town of uh, of uh, Naples. So you think that maybe Osimhen is going to be, you know, there's going to be a, a lock of someone Fabian Ruiz's hair spinning in one of the restaurants like they have with Maradona. <laughs> there's going to be all sorts of creepy uh, shrines to the players now, 30 years from now. Yeah. But I want to see that. I, I I do want to see that. I really do. I, I feel like honestly now it. I just I want to be in that party now that you just like went. I'm like you know now that I've got this idea in my head. Like also like Napoli have like the fourth most supporters in all of Italy. So like the whole place is just going to be like one giant party. Yeah. Number one Juventus, right? Especially in the mm-hmm. south of Italy. Yeah. I think I think Ju- Juventus, people don't understand family, their friends that are actually Juventus fans. Everyone in the entire country is a Juventus <laughs> fan, but then you go into Turin and you get to see <laughs> a lot of uh, Toto fans. Interesting, interesting. I've been to Italy many, many times. Naples is the city that I've been to the most. I echo everything is being said right now. This is, uh, f- I mean, obviously the entire country is, but Naples is, has football and calcio in their blood. Like you go everywhere. Maradona is everywhere. Those colors are everywhere. The fact if Napoli wins Scudetto, and obviously, you know, Lorenzo Insigne on his way to MLS to say his goodbye, it would be quite a sight to see. By the way, Milan have only won one of their last 14 Serie A meetings um, against Napoli. So maybe something has to give, or maybe the statistic trend will continue here's a call to action for everybody and then christina i want you to answer is this napoli's year or is it milan's year where are you going i'm going napoli yep okay i think figured it done i'm i'm gonna go with napoli i am and it sucks for milan because in the last two seasons they've led the league for half a season then they drop off they always have that one stretch for four or five months and then they can't keep that form throughout but it's going to be decided on the final match day. This is going to be the first season, and I don't even remember how long, where the Scudetto will be decided on the final match day. We will not have had this kind of drama in more than a decade. Yeah. Christine, who needs it more, though? Napoli or Milan? Uh, Napoli. I think Napoli need it more. I mean, Milan have, what, 11? Um, 
Scudetto wins and more recently. <laughs> Seven Champions League victories oh, as well. Oh, I'm sorry. I forgot about those. <laughs> Which count, <laughs> if you listen to Adriano Galliani, one Champions League victory counts as 30 Scudetti. <laughs> Adriano Galliani. I'm just saying, I'm just reminding everyone yeah. that technically then, what is that, seven times Now that we've 30, got, yeah, now that we've got the conversion rate down, locked and loaded. <laughs> 210 yeah. Scudetti. Definitely. I think, I think Napoli, and I think that they can do it. I think that... Um, Spalletti in the past, him being able to drag his teams, um, whether fully successful or whatever, if you think otherwise, I think he's a great manager. I just mm. think that he hasn't always had all the proper tools to get the job done. So That's a good point from AJ, though, because I think Luciano Spalletti is one of the best Italian managers of this generation. And But this is the one thing he's missing. He's missing that Scudetto. And if he does it in, in Napoli, it will elevate him to a higher tier in terms of the managers that you remember even after they retire. I think that's the one thing he needs, but to do it at Napoli counts so much more, in my opinion, for a manager. They, they reach this hero cult status that they wouldn't have if you just went to Juventus and you won the 10th in a row or whatever. Yeah, yeah I think I agree with that. I just think that... Um... I don't know. Now I want it even more for him because I think I just placed it. I placed it contextually as like, you know, for Spalletti specifically. Right. And he's done amazing things like Roma is OK. He had Zenit, um second place group stage Champions League. Um, what else? Did, he had all well, you had Tati Roma, but I oh, didn't go very far. Um, and then Inter um, 2017, he got them back into the Champions League after a six year drought. Like, I think that he has all of the qualifications to be that guy. I would just like to finally see him be that guy. Yeah, Christine, absolutely. I mean, he helped Empoli with promotion. Um, you know, he he's done things. Obviously, he did it with Zenit as well. He's won Coach of the Year twice. He's won Coppa Italia twice as well. It's just this one, this coveted trophy right now, Scudetto. So I, it's a good point in order, you know, that Matteo says, in order to really get to that next level, winning this is the ultimate thing. Any final thoughts on this game before we we move on? See, it's all quiet because we've all done it. We've taken care of business for you. <laughs> Milan against Napoli. Sunday, 2.45 Eastern, Paramount Plus with all these guys. By the way, Jimmy Conrad's going to be in the studio as well. He was uh, showing off uh, in our weekend preview. And I was like, yeah, Jimmy, I know. They flew Jimmy all the way to Stanford. And I'm only 45 minutes away. Make that of what you will, everybody. <laughs> but anyway, he, uh, he was Zooming us from a very fancy executive lounge in the airport. So I have a feeling Jimmy's not traveling in economy either. No, he see, this it out just there. makes I, he, Right now, he's in a live flatbed enjoying <laughs> some sort of grown-up beverage. <laughs> <laughs> well, he went to a World Cup, so it's fine. He, he, he deserves you know, it. He deserves it. He deserves it. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah happy for you. Jimmy. All right, let's yeah. move on. Inter Milan against Salernitana. Okay, listen. Uh, nil nil, obviously, it was. And look, this is the fixture list for the weekend. Look at that. Great graphics, by the way, from the social team. Inter against Salernitana. That kicks off the entire weekend, Christine Cooper. Inter. Um, who really needs some goals. We talked already about that stalemate uh, midweek at Coppa Italia. You expect a win here, yeah. surely, game surely. Yep, game in hand. It's it's a done deal. They'll get the goals that they need. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know really? about that. This is really? my upset of the week. I think, mm. and you can remember this, It's the receipts are there, it's online. This is another game where Inter will drop points. I don't know if Sanitana will win. I think a draw is what I'm predicting. That's what you so say. Anytime or a different team under Davide Nicola, the new manager who came in, he's a uh, a salvation specialist. 
They've made signings because of the new ownership that normally a team that has a foot down in City B wouldn't make. They've got they brought in Federico Fazio. Uh, they reanimated him, and he's getting minutes at the back. They brought in Verdi, who was once upon a time a guy that uh, Napoli wanted for thirty million dollars. Scored a, a free kick brace didn't he on his first game with Salernitana. This is a different team. They got points already from Milan. So what's not to say that they'll get points from Inter? Well, if it happens, if there is a draw, it will be the first time in history that that happens between both of these teams because uh, they've played five times uh, in Serie A previously and Inter won three of them and uh, the other two went to Salernitana. If he doesn't get a win tomorrow, what? is Insagi in trouble? <laughs> what is going on? Stacked? Are you kidding me? I, okay, I, I, well, I, I, both of you jump. Mateo first, as he's our guest. What do you think? Uh, he, he's like potentially manager of the season. We, yeah. He might win the Scudetto. Is he going to get sacked? That would be the most insane decision ever. <laughs> this is why it's not his actual name, and what, it's no, YRN Formula. Dot e. Guys, yeah. everyone's lost their minds. People are talking about <laughs> Stefano Pioli. See the guy to take me on to the next level. <laughs> Milan are at the top of the table with Napoli. Like, what am I missing? <laughs> Inter have a game in hand. If they win that game in hand, they're right there at the top of the table. We're talking about Inzaghi getting sacked. Yeah, well, this is, this is football fandom, Matteo Bonetti. Christine, what do you it's think? It's not fandom. It's insanity, Luis. I've never heard anything like this. Same We've thing. We've all gone nuts. Um, as, as a UV supporter, I have, in fact, heard exactly. I, I feel like Calcio supporters are very, very reactive. Um, and depending upon the fan base, um, speaking for myself, um, you can have very, like, just bratty, petulant children um, as supporters because you expect that we're always going to win. And yeah. so you sort of get these swingbacks where the slightest deviation from plan or what you see as being um, another league title, uh, people lose their mind. Bless you all. I appreciate it because it, it it makes things spicy. Even if oh, I think it's content, right? Yeah. Even if I think you're a little unhinged, I love you all just the same. <laughs> Bring um, on the craziness. By the way, whoever has that question, I just want to say, first of all, Inter Milan are third, but they have a game in hand and only two points behind Milan and Napoli. And they're still in the Champions League, ready to face Liverpool. So if they sack him, it has to be because of some hidden weird video that's uh, not out yet. But that's true. All right, Vincent, what do you have for me? What do you guys think about Inzaghi decision making when it comes to subs? Mateo, shaking your head. I, yeah, I, I just, I don't like criticizing managers for substitutions. It's something I always try not to do because from our vantage point, it's like, oh, why would you take him off? This is such a negative change. It's like, you don't know what the player is going through on the pitch. You don't know if he's motioned something to the trainers. These coaches know how many minutes the players have in their legs. They've seen them throughout the week in training. It is one of those things that I find is so easy to criticize on social media or whatever. But as a commentator and talking to a lot of ex-players, the one thing that I've always been told is please refrain from, from criticizing substitutions as much as the media normally does because this is normally something that's done for a reason that we don't know. Now, if it is a tact purely tactical change, sometimes it's the manager admitting he gets it wrong, right? So Frank Kessie starting in the Derby de la Madonina against Inter, that was blatantly wrong from Pioli identifies it, makes the correct sub. Now, if a player who's doing well or who's the star is taken out in the 70th minute, normally that's due to fatigue. That's not due to the player coming on is probably going to give more. He's and that's what happened with Inter and Coppa Italia. All the subs came in the last 10 minutes. They're playing every three games now. Like You can't criticize subs, in my opinion, as much. Yeah. 
Christine, go ahead. Now, uh, Romagnoli being subbed off at the 26th minute, and it turns out that he had an adductor potentially injury. And so, but the internet went wild over that. So, to your point, Mateo, yes, like everybody's very volatile and reactive in terms of criticizing subs on off or otherwise. I think that, um, if anything, yeah, the only valid uh, criticisms are really maybe they should have subbed someone sooner, uh, later, timing was off, strategy seemed a little bit shaky. Um, I think that those are all valid, but I think um, unless you're actually sitting inside um, that particular manager's brain at that moment, like some real. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Well, at least, it was a, at least there was a more measured question in the first one about sacking and yeah. uh, in, in Zaghi. So we'll, we'll, we'll give them that. All right. Well, so you say a draw for Inter Salernitana, Matteo Bonetti. You, Christine Kuba, there you give me a score, an exact score prediction. Yeah, I'm going to go uh, one nil. Okay. One nil. All right. I'm going to go with a continuation of no draws in this fixture. I'm going to go with an Inter win. By the way, uh, Inter fans, uh, Inter have requested uh, for Lautaro Martinez to not feature for Argentina uh, in the World Cup qualifiers since Argentina already at the World Cup and hoping that they can keep him. So keep your eyes peeled on that one. All right. Romo. Roma. Atalanta. Hey, Roma's going on a a little bit of a streak here with Jose Mourinho. Hasn't lost in the last six games uh, playing Atalanta. Christine, let's go with you first. Uh, he's still suspended from the sidelines, so you won't see him. Maybe that's why uh, they're doing so well. But Tommy Abraham is doing his thing. Roma haven't lost in the last six. What do you see in this game against Atalanta? Um, I think it's going to be a hard go for them either way. Um, At Roma, home. Yeah. What, yeah, I just think I think that they they're – if Atalanta show up as they have been, Roma's going to have a hard go. Um, and yes, I know they've had nothing but wins and draws in the last six, but um, I don't know. I feel like for me when it's like, oh, un unbeaten, like, yeah, but like what was the quality of the draws? I don't know. I, I feel like they're not the squad that they could be, um, and at least they haven't been playing as it. But I also am not, full disclosure, I'm not an anti-moo. Um, You're not like, an anti-moo. Yeah, like – I feel like people are very, it's very divisive with him in terms of him managing and otherwise. Like I'm not, I, I certainly have criticized him, but I'm, I'm not anti. So no, you, don't, you don't say that the, it's, it's divisive. My goodness. You're not allowed to, to say anything about the guy or else the Twitter army will come for you right away. Yes. I had said at the beginning of the season, I have questions <laughs> and I think those questions are pretty well founded because a lot has happened since he left Italy more than a decade ago. I've known people who have worked with him. I've heard the stories from behind the scenes. I've heard about how locker rooms can get divided when he's in charge. So I say that having known information, a lot of information, especially from a few clubs that he's recently managed. Now, yes, they're undefeated, but let's caveat. Draws against right. Sassuolo, Verona, and uh, Genoa, which yep. isn't ideal. Another caveat, they should be getting better. That's what you're expecting to happen. All the excuses are always for Roma saying, oh, but this is a transition year. We're in a rebuild. Uh, you have to give Mourinho time. As if Mourinho ever sticks around for longer than three years. As if next year is guaranteed that they're going to make a top four with the parity that we now have with the top six. This is a tough fight. But this is where you want to see baby steps from Roma saying, right, we will slightly improve from last season under it was Eusebio Di Francesco who became the fall guy. I still think he was treated very poorly. I think that Mourinho gets a lot more breaks, especially from the fans, than Eusebio Di Francesco ever got. Mm -hmm. This is going to be an incredibly tough game against a resurgent Atalanta. And 
Great point, Joel Jimenez. They have been rebuilding it. It feels like every year is a rebuild. Mourinho said that they're paying the price for these different owners, misspending of money. Uh, they've also gotten unlucky. Okay, I'm not I'm not going at Roma, but I will give them a break and say that they. I think um, Tommy Abraham has had the hit the woodwork more than any other player in Serie. A. Yeah. Had he converted those chances, he'd be at like 20 goals ready in the league. He still has 12 despite hitting the woodwork so much. They have the highest expected goals compared to what they've actually scored out of any of the top teams. That's another thing that, you know, I'm not really a big XG guy, but you can use it to tell a story. And I think that story is that Roma have been the most um, misfortunate team out of the top eight, let's say. Yeah, after having failing, uh, after failing to beat Atalanta in the past seven, they did end up winning the, pre- the most recent one as well. So history, at least recent history, favors them. But regardless about the building or whatever, this is a big game for them if you look at the actual table. They're like, you know, right now Roma is in a conference league spot, of course. Atalanta right above them. I mean, look at that, right? So, and obviously Atalanta... Christian Kupo has a game in hand to Juventus and they have a better goal difference as well. So this is big for them, you know, visiting Roma. Let's do one final prediction for this game as Roma and Atalanta face each other. Christian Kupo, what do you have? 2-1, Atalanta. You, so you see it. So if that happens, and who do you and Juventus have, by the way, coming up? Because they you know, are playing, uh, come on, brain, do the thing. Uh <laughs> I know this. Why don't why Spezia? I? Spezia. Oh, Spezia, yeah. Okay. So, you know, things are getting under at home. So that should be, you know, hopefully for them a win. But it's very tight. What do you have here, Mateos? Roma and Atalanta face each other. Recent history, you know, the last game has a Roma winning. But to your point, even though they're six undefeated, they, there's been a few disappointing draws. What do you have, what do you have in this one? I'm going to go with Atalanta 3-2, high scoring, yeah. end-to-end. It's going to be a very entertaining game. Atalanta are coming off an absolute barn burner of a performance where they I mean, they, they couldn't stop scoring. I think the exact score was, let me just check it out, 4-0 against Sampdoria, but the quality of the goals. There's a player I want you to keep your eye on, Tune Colt Miners, not exactly a household name, but one of my favorite midfielders, another one of these players that Atalanta signed for like less than 12 million euro. That's probably going to go for four times that in a year or two. I like it. I like it. Uh, And that, my friends, is uh, almost the end of the show because we just want to give you the final fixture list and anything, any final thoughts from any of the games uh, Serie A this week. And it begins, of course, with Inter against Salernitana on Friday. We got Udinese Sampdoria. We've already talked about Roma Atalanta, Cagliari against Lazio, Genoa, Empoli, Fiorentina, Verona, Bologna, Torino. So many more. Anything that we haven't discussed, Christine, I know you want to talk Juventus now or you want to go somewhere else. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I'm, I'm fine. Actually. <laughs> I'm like, I can't believe I just ruined my own afternoon. <laughs> Matteo, any games there that we haven't mentioned that speak to you? Yeah, two things. 9 a.m. on Sunday, Fiorentina e Las Verona. Verona have a striker, Gio Simeone, who's the highest scoring Argentine in the top five European leagues. He's been in incredible form, over 15 goals now. So good. Finally taking that next step up in his career. We know the way Fiorentina play. And then really quickly, 6.30 a.m. I know a lot of you, maybe on the West Coast after a party, you're probably like, eh, do I want to stay up for Genoa Empoli? This is going to be a good one. Janor revitalized under the new German manager, Alexander Blessin, who's a gegenpressing guy from RB Leipzig's youth system. Very interesting, the revolution that he's had at Genoa. They just took points from Inter, undefeated since he took over against an Empoli side that liked to attack. 
I'm going to be waking up early and watching both of those. And Genoa wants to get out of that relegation zone, of course, as they have 17 points trying to climb that out. But there you have it, everybody. That was our first episode of Calcio Corner. Thank you so much to Matteo Bonetti. Matteo, thank you so much for being part of the debut show, my friend. Thank you. I didn't have a choice, but uh, I'm happy to have been here. And I'll see you all in a month. <laughs> they will now make him leave his interrogation room, uh, and you can watch it all on Paramount+. Plus. Matteo, it's at Bonetti on Twitter as well, and you can follow him, of course, and watch him. Paramount+. Plus. He'll be with Dre Cordero this weekend and Napoli, Milan, Sunday, 2.45 Eastern is a headliner, but there's so much more Serie A action. Christine Cooper will be here Every single week, Kristen Cooper, thank you so much for being here. Are you excited for the next one or what? I'm hyped. I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited about, I will be out reporting this weekend too on Sunday. So uh, I will be running the, the Napoli hype train apparently. I love it. So watch out for C. Coupo on Twitter and, of course, part of the Paramount Plus team as well. Serie A is with with CBS Sports, Paramount Plus, and so much more. Thank you for being part of the family. Que golazo pod on Twitter, youtube.com forward slash que golazo. Anywhere you listen to your pods, arrivederci. And I love Gianluca Lapadula. I had to say that. Thank you so much. (laughs) See you next time, everybody. Till then. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.